0: All right, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here on New Year's Eve. A happy New Year to everyone out there. Hope everybody has been enjoying their holiday season. And it is quite hard to believe, uh, but it has come down to this. Uh, as one Marv Albert used to say, uh, the finals of fantasy football is here. Wiz, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well,
1: and uh, some exciting stuff going on here and. Uh a lot of moving parts, uh, you know, with guys, you know, sitting out, not playing. Already we have, uh, you know, we had a difficult one on Thursday night football with Derrick Henry. Uh, (laughs) And that's, uh, that that was a rough one. And uh, it looks like there could be more to come this weekend. And uh, a a lot of moving parts because you're not only trying to figure out the games and the talent of the players and the usage and all of that. But, you know, you're not quite sure what some of these teams are going to do considering where we are with uh, two games left in the schedule for each team.
0: Yeah, and I would say this was excellent points. I agree spot on. And I think you have to look very carefully at your choices this week if you are in the finals about, you know, I'm, I'm kind of watching that, Jacksonville Texan game where I know Doug Peterson said his players are going to start and play, but how long they will play, that's something to consider. I think if you're out there betting regular games this weekend, I think there's a lot to consider for the teams that are playing for something versus teams not playing for something. So... I, it, it adds a layer of uh, complexity uh, to always a challenging situation when you're trying to predict what's going to happen in a game. So, so I, think, I think this week, you know, with, the playoff, with most playoff teams being determined in, in both conferences, but a few more spots up for grabs, uh, I think uh, fantasy participants and gamblers alike uh, will have to take a lot of things into consideration when they make their decisions this weekend.
1: Yeah, there's no, <clears throat> there's no question about it, and um, there is there are a lot of moving parts, and a lot of guys, um, you know, you don't know really what their status is, and like I said, uh, some of these teams are going in in different directions, and uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, we're going to start off with drafting, right?
0: Yeah, and let me ask you this: just one question was before we kick it off. Like, do you worry also, like, for the teams that okay, they're out of it playoff wise, right? Um, they've kind of got a game plan in mind in terms of, uh, let's look at the Chicago Bears, for example. Prime example, Justin Fields, right? Like, you know, this guy has had a terrific season. The Bears have a lot of money to spend in the offseason. They're going to have some draft capital finally after a few years of not having that. Uh, Obviously, first year head coach, uh, there are some Mm. decent parts in place. Do you want to risk Justin Fields going down at this point in the season and not being available to you next year? It's just, I'm just kind of, throwing that out there as an example. I'm not saying specifically it could happen with him, but it, but teams have to be having that sort of mindset.
1: Yeah, I think there, I think teams are looking at these um, organizationally. I think teams are looking at these last two games in, in so many different ways. And uh, um, I, I understand your point, but I, I think, you know, at this point, um, because, who, you know, they're playing the Lions and uh, – the game means something for Detroit um, that, I, you know, I think, I think from a competitive standpoint, you know, they're going to go after it. And, uh, you know, these are the type of games that I think they actually want to get Justin Fields some experience in, some kind of game, a game that has a high leverage feel to it, if not for the Bears, um, for the team they're playing. So um, I, I think he'll be one of the guys that I would feel – Pretty confident about starting him. If he has a bad game, it'll just because he has a bad game. And the Lions played a you know a strong game against them. It won't be because you know they're going to be tentative with him or they're you know going to take him out. I mean, if you look at the under and over on rushing yards, it looks like it's a full goal. I think it's like 75 and a half for Justin Fields. So uh, we'll we'll but it's an interesting thought and we'll see how it
0: plays out. Yeah. So with that, you know, let's, let's get started on the rankings. I'll, I'll kick us off this week at quarterback and, you know, for the expensive quarterbacks actually Wiz, the guy that I do have in mind is in fact, Justin Fields at 7,900. I, uh, again, I, I just use the player as an example and the situation he was in, but I do like that player. Uh, that said, I do think there is significant capital be, to be gained by going low at quarterback. Uh, when I look at guys like Goff, when I look at guys like Brock, Brock Purdy, so Goff 5,600, Brock Purdy 5,500. Um, you know, and I really do like Aaron Rodgers this week at 6,000. Uh, I wanted, I do want to see what happens with Christian Watson, but your Vikings have once again uh, succumbed with that secondary not being able to hold anybody down. But I'm looking for value at quarterback, so that's the direction that I'm going in. Uh, like I said, the most expensive guy I do like is Fields, um, I'm going to fade Kirk Cousins uh, in Green Bay in in that particular game. You know, put him outdoors. I think it has a little bit different feel. I'm a little bit um, cautious on Trevor Lawrence this week as well, Wiz. And count me as one, as I've been all year, as uh, one that's not on a Tom Brady train against the Carolina Panthers, despite J.C. Horn not playing in this football game.
1: Yes, I'm with young Goff and Purdy. Those are my two guys at fifty six and fifty five hundred to get some salary relief. And uh, <clears throat> my fate is just Geno Smith at fifty nine hundred. Um, just as the season's gone has gone on, there's a little bit of regression there. I don't know what Tyler Lockett's status is, but certainly the Jets with that ferocious pass rush and, and, and you know, their secondary is good as well. Um, I, I wanna say Geno Smith at fifty nine hundred.
0: Yeah, That's going to be one of my uh, – I'm giving it away, but that's definitely one of my prop bets uh, that you just uh, touched on. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. All right, why don't you kick us off at running back?
1: Yeah, I'm going to start off with the resurgence of Cam Akers <laughs> in a terrific matchup against that uh, sorry run defense for the Chargers. Um, so I'm, I'm loving the 6,100 Cam Akers. I want to play A.J. Dillon, who, you know, is in a good matchup against the Vikings at 5,800 – um, and, I, and I really want to play Tyler Algier at 5300 in a game where I just feel, just has sort of the feel that Arizona is looking towards next season, all the way from top to bottom. And Tyler Algier, it, this could be the type of game where he gets 20 plus carries, actually. So um, Akers, Dylan, and Algier 5300. And I want to fade Devin Singletary this week at 5800. I just think that price is too high. In a game that the Bengals' defense against opposing running backs, fantasy-wise, is very, very strong, and I just think, to me, this has more of a James Cook feel to it. So, for all those reasons, I want to fade Singletary at 1,500. Wow,
0: very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. All right, I'm not going to disagree. I, you know, I think. I think that Buffalo running back situation has kind of been a little bit of a challenge to figure out week in and week out. Um, Last week it favored Singletary by a little bit, but both players are very involved. That's a huge game. Obviously Monday night, uh, Bill's tackling the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, I I, I can't fault any of the thought process. Uh, I will say this, I'm going to kick off my running back picks and, uh, Aaron Jones has disappeared, uh, obviously, in injuries, bothering this player. And I think this is a game where A.J. Dillon could be much more involved. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. I like Dillon, and I don't like Jones for that reason. Uh, I'm also going to be fading Jacobs this week. Uh, you know, his body language in the interviews, especially after all the stuff that's gone on with Derek Carr. Uh, now you bring in the San Francisco 49ers, the uh, number one ranked defense. So 7,400, I, I fade that player. You know, Ramondre Stevenson's had a couple of tough weeks. It looks like Damian Harris might get on the field this week, Wiz. So I'm, I'm a little bit more sus- suspicious that he could perform at a high level this week. So at 6,900, I'm fading him. I love David Montgomery at 6,900. Uh, call me one who's going to play both of the running backs. Uh, McKinnon at 6,000. And Pacheco is at fifty six hundred. Uh, I, I like both of those guys this week, and I think Tyler Gia, to your point, is is kind of like the play of the week if you're looking for value at running back fifty three hundred. And I, I agree, it looks like a mail in ride. I think we're seeing the end of the Kingsbury run in Arizona, so I'm fully on board with your uh, with your call there, Wiz.
1: Alrighty, so well, what do you have at wide receiver this
0: week? Uh, I'm on same I'm on Ross Saint Brown. It's a it's a huge game for him. Uh, I see a monster game coming from Saint Brown. Seventy eight hundred. You got to play that player, Chris Godwin, because of everything bad that's going on um, with the with the front line of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Chris Godwin is the beneficiary of that. Mike Evans is not. Sixty eight hundred. I'm playing him. Mike Williams only got four looks this last week, Wiz. Um, he caught all four balls for 76 yards. Uh, he won't be facing off against Jalen Ramsey. I think you'll see Keenan Allen more entangled with him. I, I see a big game from Mike Williams this week, so at 6,700. I like Mike Williams. I will be looking at the Green Bay wide receivers. I think you want to wait to see what happens with Christian Watson. But if Watson is out, it kind of elevates both um, Lazard and, and Romeo Dubs. Uh, so I like those players. And I also like Cortland Sutton this week against Kansas City. Showed a little bit of life, uh, but at 5100 I think it's a decent price. I like Cortland Sutton. I'm fading DK Metcalf against the Jets. Uh, just you know, you talked about uh, Geno Smith, so I'm fading that. I'm fading DeAndre Hopkins because I'm not sure what the injury nor the quarterback play is going to look like with David Blau, and I'm also fading Devontae Adams because uh, Jared Stidham doesn't uh, tickle my fancy, with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm on Rice and Brown um, in Chicago at 10 for over 100 in that game, so I like him at 7,800 as well. I'm willing to pay up for that player. And go over seven and a half receptions as well on DraftKings, which we'll get to. <clears throat> if, uh, if, if Watson misses the game, I want to have Alan Lazard on DraftKings at 5400 <clears throat> That, to me, is great salary leverage. And I want to say, I, I, I like Terry McLaurin. I, I really do. But I, I just feel this connection with Carson Wentz is not good. So in a plan that's priced over six thousand and sixty one hundred, my fate for the week is going to be Terry McLaurin.
0: All right, love it. All right, tight end, wiz, get us going.
1: Cole Komet, forty five hundred had over seventy yards receiving the first time around. This is you know going to be a, a good matchup for him in a game where could be points. And with, with teams so concerned about Justin Fields, it, it just sets up for a handful of plays where Kmet <clears throat> can make. Can make some big plays down the field. So I want to play him at 4,500. Atlanta hasn't been able to cover the tight end, and I think this could be a game where there's going to be a lot of short throws. So at 3,300, I want to play Trey McBride. I think he's a terrific play. player. Sadly, in a game that we need Mark Andrews to play well, I just have to fade him at 5,200. The guy hasn't done anything since Thanksgiving, I don't think. Yeah, it's frustrating. So, Very frustrating. Um, Mark Andrews is going to be my favorite, 5,200.
0: What say you at tight end? Yeah, Komet, I'm, I'm right with you, 4,500. And I think George Kittle is red hot. He's been especially a beneficiary with no... uh uh, uh, Debo Samuel being part of this offense, uh, so I'm going to continue to ride the hot hand that George Kittle has been uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm fading. I'm fading Hawkinson and Goddard um, only because you know again uh, they move outside. Uh, in, the, in the case of Minnesota, uh, Green Bay actually defends the, the tight end rather well, uh, and Goddard is going against the New Orleans Saints, who are number one against the tight end. He's working his way back into the lineup, of course, Gardner Minshew, quarterback. Uh, but those are the two guys that I'm going to fade it. Uh, tight end was
1: you know before we I just want to go back for one second because i didn't mention him because he's an obvious play every single week but justin jefferson has tormented the green bay packers um the since he's entered the nfl the first game at home against them he absolutely destroyed them and uh you just want to mention that i mean you know just not going to mention every obvious play but if you're going to get salary leverage elsewhere um you know, he's one of the guys along with Amon Rainson Brown that you just feel uh is gonna have a big game. So <clears throat> let's get to our break the slate guy. Uh I'll start off. Uh, my break the slate guy is going to be Richie James of the Giants at forty three hundred. Ever since Kenny Moore went down, who's one of the elite slot cornerbacks in the NFL, um, they've had difficulty. I mean I'm not saying, you know, James G. James is Keenan Allen, but he runs the same kind of route, and those are the kind of plays the Giants have been throwing the ball a lot to. His connection with Daniel Jones is very, very strong. So I just think against the Colts in this game at 4,300, I just think this is a game where Richie James is going to catch between like five and seven passes. So my break play guy is Richie James, who I think catch like seven for 70 in a touchdown. Yeah, you
0: know, it's interesting was I have a decision to make in uh, one of my championships where I don't trust starting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and my choices to who to put in his place uh, at a flex spot is I really only have depth at the receiver position. I'm kind of decimated at running back. But the three guys I'm trying to choose between are Michael Pittman Jr., Richie James, and Chris Olave. So Olave is just coming back from injury, playing Eagles, tough defense. I've kind of ruled him out. I've kind of gone back and forth with Pittman versus... Richie James, and the fact of the matter is, you know, I don't really trust Pittman as much with Foles at quarterback or the way that offense looks. So, I currently have in that flex position Richie James.
1: Yeah, I just think. Yeah.
0: Would you be yeah, making that decision? Yeah. Would you be making that decision if you were I?
1: I mean, I, 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 from from our perspective, right when we're doing this stuff, when we're talking about it, when we have to make lineup decisions, it's impossible. To really make a, a great decision without knowing what strength Chris Olave is. Is Chris Olave a full go? If he's probable, if he's. 90%. I'm playing Chris Olave, but these teams, there's such a lack of transparency with these injuries. I mean, there's also the, the scenario where he goes out there and he plays a quarter and he re aggravates that. We've seen that happen time and time again. And most recently, I remember Mike Williams came back from that ankle sprain. He called one pass and that was it. He missed another three weeks. So, with that being said, I just feel Richie James, if I felt my other players were strong and I just needed a safety net the, the I, I just feel the highest floor uh, is Richie James. Yep.
0: yeah, That's a decision that I've made as well. So interesting. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I have two break the slate, guys. Wiz, again, I'm beating a dead horse, still mentioning uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But if DeAndre Hopkins does not play, Greg Dortch at 3,000 to me is a must play, uh, no matter who's playing quarterback, because he's going to run those short routes. No Rondell Moore there. Uh, I think he he had a big game last week he'd be the beneficiary of a lot of targets Uh, so that's the player I'd be targeting specifically if no DeAndre Hopkins and I'm going to go with one more whiz Uh, Kyler Granson is out Uh, Mo Ali Cox is just very lumbering but Jelani Woods has some life to him at 2800 against the Giants uh, I like Jelani Woods as a uh, break the slate guy yeah
1: who's Backing for Arizona
0: this week Is David Blau Former backup Of the Detroit Lions uh, Yeah I this, remember he
1: had That good Thanksgiving game A couple years right. ago so, Yeah so, I mean I just feel like I want to stay You know Yeah I just want to stay away From everyone in Arizona I just feel It's a brutal Yeah, They it's, are in full tank mode At this point Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: A lot of decisions You know We talked about this At the top right A lot of decisions Have to be made With these teams Going in the right direction And playing for something Versus teams playing for nothing
1: Alrighty, with that being said, let's start with games. Sides, <laughs> unders and overs. Um, why don't you start, tell us, are there any games you like? And are there any games, uh, more importantly, that you absolutely love this
0: week? Well, as you know, I am uh, in a situation where I'm in one of these gambling pools where all year long you, you're given a budget, a fictitious budget to start the year. you got to build up that budget uh, all year long, and I've gotten myself to a, a decent position. Um, so... I've kind of talked already uh, ad nauseum about, you know, teams playing for something. And, and, and with that, I've tried to catered, catered, cater my bets for those teams playing for something. So I have two games that I like this week, Wiz, uh, for the teams that are playing for something. I like the Giants laying five and a half against the Colts. And I like the Green Bay Packers at home who seem to have some life and some confidence uh, laying three points against the Minnesota Vikings. Those are the two games that I am taking this week, Wiz.
1: Alrighty. righty, interesting. Um, no view on the Viking game um, at all. I like the other side. Believe it or not, I'm just a believer. I'm talking about the Colt Giant game. I'm just a believer when a team plays such a conquer like that. There's a recency bias. Um, I just think the Colts have some competitive players on offense, good enough players that they could keep the game close. So uh, at five and a half points, I'm leaning towards the Colts, but I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'll tell you the other games that I like. Um, I like the Falcons laying five and a half points. <clears throat> I think Arizona's in full tank mode. Um, I just feel like they're, they're going to just look to get, change their organization from top to bottom and try and get a better draft pick for next week. Um, I like the Dolphins plus two and a half points. I like the Browns plus two and a half points. I like the Saints plus five and a half. I like the Texans plus three points in a game where I just feel Jacksonville may may not play their guys in a game that means nothing to them because if they win next week, they'll win the division. And if they lose next week, they um, are going to lose the division um, against the Titans at home. So the last thing they want to do is get any of their key guys hurt. So. I going to take the Texans plus three. And my best bet is the Bucks laying four points. This is payback time. The first time they played around, I know I, I don't know if you remember the game. It was the game where Mike Evans had that wide open play-action fake drop pass. That would have been a 70-yard touchdown pass. P.J. Walker was started for Carolina. It was a humbling, humbling game. Um, but I think the Bucks rebound in a big way. I think that J.C. Horn injury is, is going to be a crucial injury. So... My best player of the week: Heavy day Bucks laying four points.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, I looked at that game long and hard because, again, I, I'm trying to stick to games where teams are playing for something. You know, maybe I have some recency bias, you know, how poorly the the uh, the Buccaneers have been playing, and you know, I like that young defense from the Carolina Panthers. But as you mentioned, and we we both talked about JC Horn being out is a big injury for that defense.
1: Yeah, I think the I think the Bucks are going to take a follow the game script of what Pittsburgh did to Carolina a couple of weeks ago, where they got them, they got a lead in the game with that short passing game which Tampa Bay likes to operate from and then they had to abandon the running game. It was the game where I think Dante Foreman had maybe like five carries for nine yards and then Carolina becomes a completely different team offensively. So um, I think Tampa Bay is going to try and do that and I think they will do that. So I'm loving Tampa Bay lane for this week. All
0: right. Sounds good. All right, let's get to prop bets. Wiz, what do you got there?
1: Uh, Tyler Algier, over 75 and a half yards. I think he's going to get the usage, the carries. Um, they love to run the ball. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league Atlanta against a team that I just feel gave it every ounce that they had last week, came up short. I just think it's a gut punch. I think the writing is on the wall for this team and uh I think they're just mailing it in. I just don't think they're gonna have the desire. Um and I like Atlanta link five and a half points in this game. I mean I'm sorry, I like Tyler G. I like Atlanta but I like Tyler L G over seventy five and a half yards. I'm on Ron Saint Brown They're using him at the end of this season the same way they used him at the end of the last season, where he's catching balls out of the backfield. So if he catches two or three that way, I just think over seven and a half receptions is going to be a cinch uh, in this type of game. He's so clever with his route running and short area quickness, especially on that home field, uh, moderating sub-round, over seven and a half receptions. And I'm waiting for Trevor Lawrence's rushing yards to come out and I'm going under, and I don't care what it is. Unlike the game against the Jets last week where there were a lot of design runs, I think it's the last thing that they're going to call in this week, and they're going to play a very vanilla game. So I'm going to play under Trevor Lawrence rushing yards as soon as that comes out.
0: I'm looking right now. I don't see it yet. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. All right, Wiz. I have a bunch of plays as well. Um, I mean, uh, We talked about Geno Smith. I'm taking the under 235 and a half yards for Geno Smith. Uh, I'm with you on Tyler Algier, over 75 and a half yards rushing. I'm also going over, I think, with no Gibson available for um, Washington. Uh, I love Brian Robinson, over 80 and a half yards against a, a, a very, very, very uh, uh, I would say questionable and leaky uh, front seven for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I'm taking over 80 and a half yards rushing for Brian Robinson. I love Leonard Fournette. We talked. you just talked about the short game passing. I like both his yards receiving 26 and a half and over four and a half catches. I know he's playing with an injury, but that's the player who definitely looks like he's benefiting from the short passing game. Um, Aaron Jones. I don't trust the player. I'm going under 80 and a half total yards for Aaron Jones. Talked about Mike Williams before. I'm taking over 56 and a half yards receiving for Mike Williams. Rashid Shaheed is a hot receiver for the Philadelphia. Sorry, for the New Orleans Saints going up against Philly. I realize that, but I'm going to take over three and a half catches for Rashid Shaheed, who's become the number one guy with Olave banged up. Uh, I know Alave will be back, but I'm not sure exactly what strength it's going to be. And I'm with you 100 over seven and a half catches for Amar Ross, Saint Brown this week, Wiz.
1: Yeah, you know, the Brian Robinson ones are just saying a, a tremendous amount of usage. The one that I'm going to look at for him are, uh, is uh, go over for carries. Uh, I don't know if that's out yet, but I, I'm looking at the under and over, and I want to play over carries because uh, I've just noticed uh, they are just giving him the ball over and over again. And, you know, I don't really have a... You know. <laughs>
0: it's, uh, it's actually unbelievable. It's, it's, such a bad, it's the worst line I've seen. You just pointed out to a line that's just so off. It's, what do you think the market should be?
1: I think the market, if if you said the yards was 80 and a half. Yeah. So if it's 80 and a half, I think the carries should be around 19 and a half.
0: Yeah. It's 17 and a half. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think I like the over in that one. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I just feel like the carries, I, I I think I like the carries, because you get the double barrel stuff, right, if you're fortunate enough to have a lead with the commanders, then in that fourth quarter, you're going to get those extra carries, and it really doesn't matter if he gets three yards, or four yards, or two yards, or one yard, in the fourth quarter, he could get you know eight carries uh, just alone in the, in the last half of the game, so uh, I'm going to play over carries in that game as well
0: okay love it all right fantastic so uh that is a wrap anything uh to add before we sign off with
1: no uh, we'll see uh we'll see how it plays out good luck to everyone and uh we'll continue and we're going to talk about the um You know, hopefully your league uh, or you're involved in a league or get a group of guys that plays fantasy football playoffs. We use the players and the teams that are in the playoffs uh, to have a playoff draft. So uh, we'll be marching along and uh, talking about that as well and uh, certainly player props
0: all the playoff games love it Uh, again happy new year to everybody Uh, all the best in 2023 thanks for staying with us this year Uh, good luck like I said in your finals and your betting and uh, have a great day and a great weekend Wiz we'll talk next week
1: you got it